This story is called Looking for an Angel. Uh, it takes place uh, in 2005, in early May, when the Weinstein family um, suffered the tragic loss of my sister-in-law, um, Judy Weinstein, uh, Gary's wife, and his two boys, Sam and Alex, in a horrendous car crash uh, involving a drunk driver that pushed their car into oncoming traffic. And Judy and the boys died instantly. And the moment that Karen and I heard, we were in New York at the time, uh, we got a, a reservation, we got on a plane, and we went to Detroit. And I remember coming into the house and seeing Gary uh, and giving him a big hug and seeing him sort of just in shock and, and bewildered as to how this tragedy could have befallen him. And, of course, there's no words to express the, the tragedy of it. And I was thinking, is there anything I could possibly do or say to try to help Gary feel better? And as the day went on, it just it seemed more and more wordless. There's just there wasn't any words that I could use to to express to Gary to help Gary. And I and I remembered back to our childhood when Gary was about five years old, and he had a he had a cast on his leg. He must have fallen and and broken his leg at some point. And he had one of those large plaster a Paris cast on his leg and he was in the backyard playing around the swimming pool this was probably uh, in in March when when the ice on the pool is usually pretty frozen uh, but that day for some reason Gary was on the ice and he fell through with his cast on and again he was only five years old and can you imagine a five-year-old falling through the ice of a swimming pool in the middle of the afternoon, all by himself, nobody outside. And, you know, how long could a person last in in that kind of a situation, a five-year-old boy nonetheless? And it, it, was, it turned out that my next-door neighbor, whose name is Jane Asher, who was my age, so she was around nine or ten, heard him scream, and she, she recognized you know the 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 immediacy of the situation, and she ran around the houses, her around her house and to, to our house and into the backyard, and she got Gary out of the pool, a soaking wet, freezing cold five-year-old boy with a cast on his leg. She she somehow managed to get him out of the water and save his life, and I was thinking about that. On this day, when I was sitting in a room with Gary after him just having lost his entire family, and I thought, what Gary needs is to speak to Jane Asher. I mean, in a sense, my family couldn't understand at all what I was trying to get at, but to me it was so clear that that she had saved his life once before, and this was a this was another, in a sense, drowning. This was something where Gary's life hung in the balance as well, and and he needed 
he needed that angel. And so I needed to find Gary's angel, whose name was Jane Asher. And I asked my brothers and sisters, does anybody know where the Ashers are or what had happened to any of them? And no one really had any idea, except my sister Marcia had one clue that she knew that Jane's older brother, Billy, uh, had become, she thought, an environmental chemist. And that uh, that's about all she really knew. She didn't know if he was where he, where he was a professor or if he was a professor, if he did research, whatever it was. And so I Googled uh, Billy Asher, William Asher, Bill Asher, uh, environmental chemist, and I read through a couple of articles, and sure enough, I found his name on an environmental chemistry uh, journal article, and I found that he was, he was a professor at, I believe, uh, University of Indiana, and I Googled the university and the staff and the chemistry department, and sure enough, he was there, and I emailed him and told him, you know, something about, you know, the tragedy and asked him if he could get me in touch with his sister, Jane. And he wrote back in a few hours, and we had a phone conversation, and he said that he didn't, he hadn't heard about it because it just happened a few days before. Uh, but he got me in touch with Jane, and I called out, and she was a, a forest ranger, uh, just as I had vaguely remembered. She was a forest ranger out in Washington State. Uh, and it was amazing that she was even available, she was even reachable. Um, but we had a brief conversation, and I explained to her that Gary was sitting, uh, you know, with family all around him, but it would really be a glot to to me and, and I'm sure to him if she would give him a call and she agreed you know and, and called him right away and I spoke to Gary a couple of days later about his conversation with Jane and you know he he was just he said he you know I, I don't know I don't I don't remember what words he even used but he said it was very uh, it was very meaningful for her to call and to me it really represented uh, in a sense when when you find yourself in a in a place or in a situation where you've been you've been saved by some miracle or or a, you have a life death situation and somehow you need to get through it and you do get through it so there's a certain amount of obligation to to have um you know, a sense of thankfulness, and because things don't just happen, uh, and people, certain people, certain angels, certain you know, special special people are there for each of us to help us get through really, really dangerous, difficult times. And to me, it was so obvious that because Jane had saved him when he was a young man, that this was exactly the time when she needed to step back into the picture. And nobody else in my family could understand it. Uh, but to me, it was so clear and what I had to do and that I was able, thank God, to find Jane and bring her into the conversation. Anyways, that's the story. Looking for an angel. Have a good day.